This morning I'm going to begin a, a short series of messages on how can I be sure I'm pleasing God. How many of you want to please God? Most of you want to please God. That's good. Well, how do we do that? We want to please God. We know that we should please God, but are we? And what does please God? What does it take to please Him? Now, some people think that we please God through ritual. And that if we chant certain prayers and say things in a certain order and, and do ritual over and over, maybe light a candle and do this in this way that is prescribed, uh, that if we do those things, that will please God. Well, is that what the Bible says? Some people think that God is pleased if we obey the rules and the regulations. And if we get all the do's and the don'ts lined up and do the do's and don't do the don'ts, then God says, you're okay. You're in. That's all I'm asking. But is that what the Bible says? Some people think that religion is what pleases God. That if you observe the right holy days, if you do a bunch of religious things, if you take communion, if you do those things that are religious, that that is what will put you on God's A-list and you will be okay. But again, is that what the Bible says? You see, God isn't interested so much in ritual and rules and regulations or religion but you know what he desperately wants? He wants relationship. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to learn to trust Him. The Bible says that there is something that without wit, it is impossible to please Him. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. In Jude chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Build your lives on the foundation of your holy faith. Build on the foundation. I don't know. Am I losing something up there? I'm not, it's not working. Here we go. We have to build our lives on faith. What is faith? How many of you have faith? Okay. Do you know what it is? Have you ever used it? Is it just something you put in your pocket and bring out on religious days? What is faith? If God says it's impossible to please me if you don't have this, then it must be pretty important. So, what is it? What pleases God? Faith is like a, a many-faceted diamond. And you can study it from all different directions. You know, a guy that is looking at a diamond and cutting a diamond, they'll study it and study it and look at it and look at it and, and really analyze it before they ever get into it. And even after they cut it, people will study it and look at it to see all the different facets of it. And this morning, uh, we are going to look at six different facets or aspects of faith. 
Not all that is not exhaustive, but it will help us to focus on something, uh, some aspect of this thing that God said, if you don't have it, you can't please me. How do I live the kind of life that pleases God? What pleases God? If we want to look at faith, I think that uh, one of the, certainly the most uh, uh, obvious places to start is in Hebrews chapter 11, which is called the, the faith chapter, or the hall of faith uh, of God's people that He says, look at these people. They've done good. They've done good. Here they are. Look at them. They're examples uh, to your life. Uh, and so we're going to look at six things just pulling out of this chapter of ways that we can live by faith. The first thing that we want to see is believing that faith is believing when I don't see it. Faith is believing when I don't see it. In verse 1 it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. How many of you have ever said, I'll believe it when I see it? We've all said that, haven't we? But God says faith is just backwards from that. It's something that you have to believe in in order to see it. You have to believe, you have to have faith, and then you will see it. Uh, We see that in various aspects of life. This building that we sit in was seen in the eyes of a building committee and an architect before it was ever put together. And that faith that was seen and, and exercised upon resulted in the building that we are sitting here this morning in. It requires faith. And we have to believe it's possible for it ever to become possible. Believing when I don't yet see it. Warner, Warner Van Bruen, the father of the space age, said this, there has never been any significant achievement in human history that was not accomplished by faith. Everything has to start with faith of some kind. And so it's believing before I see it. But it's far more than that faith is. Faith is obeying when I don't understand it. In the, in the verse 7, it says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God when warned about things that had never happened before. Noah. Just think of the doubts that must have had to run through Noah's mind. Uh, as, as, As he had this order from God, this command from God, to build this ship. And faith is saying uh, that I will obey even when I don't understand it, even when I don't even understand what God's getting at. Can you imagine the conversation? God says, Noah, I want you to build a boat. There's going to be a flood. Well, what would be the first question Noah would ask? What's a flood? Well, it's when when it rains so much that it begins to... Well, what's rain? It had never rained up until that point. Uh, God says, well, it's like you know, taking a lake and dropping it out of the sky. It's going to cover a lot of territory. 
has no comprehension. And yet God said, this is what I want you to do. Do it, whether you understand it or not. It's what God says, what I said, and that's what I want you to do. And because he had faith, he obeyed God when it didn't make sense. I'm glad that Noah obeyed, even when he didn't understand. There was another guy by the name of Abraham. And it says, by faith, Abraham, when he when when called to go to a place that he would he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going abraham was 75 years old and he lived in what is today iraq in ur and he was just about ready to sign up for social security when god says I want you to pick up everything and I want you to just take off. Where? Well, I'll, I'll let you know when you get there. You've never heard of it anyway. And Abraham says, well, Abraham says, well, how long will it take to get there? Oh, don't worry about that. It'll take a while. And how will I know when I've got to where I'm supposed to be? I'll tell you that. Would you go? Would you take off? But because Abraham obeyed when he didn't understand it, he became the father of a great nation, Israel, the forerunner of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you and I sit here blessed today because Noah obeyed when he couldn't understand. Faith always involves a risk. We are kind of by nature averse to risk and, and we, we hold back. And some people will not take any risk. They only will do what they're, uh, they have a guaranteed outcome of. And so they, they won't get involved in anything that, that, that they can't see the end of. And God tells us to do something. And we say, God, well, if you'll guarantee it, if, if I know the, that this will work out the way I want it, then I will do it. Uh, and many times, uh, we just don't do anything. It doesn't require faith to do something that we're guaranteed the outcome of. Uh, but it is faith that says, I don't really know, but it's what God asks, I will obey. I think when we were, we came here to hide, we, we, we came certainly by faith. It was not one of those things that say, hey, here's, here's something that you really want to do. It was from a career point of view, taking a step down, taking a step backwards. But God so clearly said, go. And I had no idea how it would work out, uh, but we were obedient to Him and God blessed that obedience. Uh, in the New Testament, there's over 1,000 commands that God commands. This is what you should do. This is how you should live. This is how you should act. Uh, and He says that if you want your life to be blessed, be obedient to these things. And every time God tells us to do something, it's a test. It's a test of God or me. Because most of the time when God challenges us to do something, it probably goes against my natural instincts because God is a God of big things and we want to quantify everything and make sure it fits in our box. And God says, I want you to do. And so many times as we look at those commands of Christ, especially in the New Testament, 
We see things that sometimes seem unreasonable. Things that seem unusual. Sometimes they're very inconvenient. And at times we read them and we say, that is impossible. But there are things that were are there for our benefit if we will obey. God says, I will bless. Do you remember when you were a kid or a teenager and um, your parents said, here's something that you... You, you, you shouldn't do. Or here is something that you should do. And it just made no sense. They just, you know, parents just don't get it. They don't understand. And they're so, uh, you know, always wanting to put limitations on me and they're always wanting to, to just box me in and, and oh, if they would just let me do what I want to do. What do they know? And then you became a parent. And you have kids. And what are you doing? You are trying to get your kids and, and teens uh, to do those things that they resist. Why? Because you love them. And you know that if they do these certain things, there's going to be consequences that you don't want them to have to deal with. And so you try to, 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 to give them instructions, commands, and do's and don'ts. Uh, but it is out of love. God is far wiser than any of us as parents. And when we ignore what He says, we do so at our own peril. We are the fool because God is the Creator and He's given us the instruction book. And He says, if you'll follow it, life will be good. Uh, A lot of times, what God says doesn't make sense. He says, you know, when people hurt you, when they when they abuse you, when they misuse you, forgive them. Isn't that fun? Don't you just love to forgive someone that just really stuck the knife in your back? Isn't that fun? No. We want to retaliate. We want to to not turn our cheek, but get their cheek. We want to go after them. And God says, no, the best thing for you is to forgive. And we struggle with that. But yet, we know down deep that that is truth and that's the only way we get freedom from what those people are doing to us. If you learn to do whatever God tells you to do when it seems absurd, God will be able to bless your life. You ignore what God says and you miss out on the great blessings and joy that He wants to bring in your life. So faith is believing when I don't see it and it's obeying when I don't understand it. A third thing about faith is that faith is giving when I don't have it. In verse 4, he said, By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. Giving and faith go together. Many times God uses finances to test our faith, to see if our faith is real. Have you ever had to decide between tithing and maybe another obligation in your life? What a test. Who am I going to trust? Am I going to trust God who says to trust Him and that my promise is to take care of you and if you will put me first in your life? This past missionary faith promise was kind of a struggle for me because we've been giving and we give 
faithfully and try to give generously to faith promise missions. And every year in the last 20 years, Cindy and I have made a commitment that we'll always increase our faith promise. If it's a little, whatever, we're going to do it. And this year, I don't know, as we were praying about it, it God just said, I want you to increase your faith promise by $80 a month. For us, that is a big commitment to increase it by that amount. And I said, God, we will do it. And you're just going to have to provide it. And every month so far, God has helped us to have more than $80 from places we didn't even expect to be able to do what He told us to do. If God, you want to do it, then you will provide. I will be faithful. I will step out. In Hebrews chapter 11, in the Hall of Fame, the very first guy that is mentioned is Abel. Abel. Did he do anything great? What was his great accomplishments? Did he build anything? No. The only thing that he did that is mentioned is that he gave an offering. He gave an offering to God. And God blessed it. He put him in the hall of fame. It wasn't how much he gave. It isn't, it wasn't even what he gave. It was how he gave. You know, God doesn't care so much about the amount. What he really cares about is our attitude. What is your attitude about giving? You know, there's two ways that we can give. You can give out of faith. Or you can give out of fear. I'm afraid of what God might do if I don't give. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something and, and, and I don't want Him to be mad at me. And they, and another way of looking at it is you can give out of reason or you can give out of revelation. If I give out of reason, I sit down and I look at my bank account and I look at my check stubs and I figure out what I have after I have done everything that I want to do. What can I afford to give to God? And so I put it out, I put it in the budget, and that is what I give and that's the the limit. Uh, an atheist can do that. Anyone can give out and say, this is how much I have, I'll give this amount, and I have this much left for myself. Uh, but there's another way to give. And that's by revelation. Revelation is when you pray and you ask God and say, God, what do you want to give to me so that I can give uh, for you? How much, God, do you trust me with uh, that you want to flow through me to meet the needs uh, of the world, to meet the needs of our community? How much do you want to give through me? And that's what we talk about every year at Faith Promise Time. Of what does God want to give through me? And that kind of giving is what God blesses. When Cindy and I got married, we, we committed to, to putting God first in our finances. And that out of our finances, we are faithful to tithe and to give and to give above our tithe. And God has blessed us. We've never been rich, but we far as I know, have never missed a payment on anything. God has allowed us to have much more than I've ever dreamed that I would have and to travel around the world and to do the things that we have done. It's, I think, a blessing of God because we have chose to be faithful and put Him first in our lives. Uh, some people say, well, God, if You give me, then I'll give. 
if if you help me to win the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes this time around, I promise God that I will start tithing. I promise that I will do amazing things for you. Anybody can give out of the excess. Anybody can give uh, when funds are flowing over. Uh, anybody can give when it's sitting right there in front of you. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. And God will generously supply all your need. God says, if you exercise faith, you can't outgive me. And then faith, faith is persisting when I don't feel like it. That's kind of the opposite of our culture. Our culture has this basic feeling, if it feels good, do it. Right? That's kind of how our whole culture kind of operates on. If it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel like, feel good, then don't do it. So whatever feels good governs how I live. And so, if, if we, if we, it ends up basically that we live by our emotions. And we're manipulated by our moods. And so whatever my feeling is, that's how I'm going to respond to life. But you know what? Emotions are like what? Like this, aren't they? <laughs> and that's how we live. And I think that's some of the, the problems of our society is that we're just emotion driven instead of acting on faith. God wants us to persist, to keep doing the right thing even when I don't feel like it. You know what? I don't always feel like being nice to people. Just admit it. Do you? There's sometimes I, I I just don't feel like it. But what should I do? It's not based upon how I feel. The love that God calls us to love with is not saying if those people make people make you feel good, then love them. He said, love your enemies. Is that something you feel like when you get up in the morning? No. But it's what He calls us to do. Sometimes I want to be selfish. Sometimes I want to be grumpy. Sometimes I don't want to serve. Sometimes I don't feel like talking to people. And you do too. But it's not based upon how I feel. It's based upon what does God want to do with me today? How does He want me to face people and interact with the people that I am responsible for? Uh, sometimes we don't feel like getting up and praying and reading our Bible. Sometimes we don't feel like going to church. Sometimes we just don't feel like doing those things that we know that we should be doing. Uh, but... Faith is persisting even when I don't feel like it. That is the secret to spiritual success. Successful people are simply ordinary people who do what the average person doesn't feel like doing. Okay, You want to be successful? Don't go by how you feel. Go by what is right. What does God ask of me? I'm sure if you would ask any Olympic athlete, do you really feel like working out for 10 hours today? Probably at the beginning of the morning, they're, no, I don't feel that way. But they have a goal. They want to be successful. And if you want to be successful spiritually, you are going to have to persist no matter how you feel. 
The godly man and the godly woman doesn't just happen that way by accident. It's because they choose to do those things that God has said these are the keys to success. So faith is being persistent. Faith is doing the right thing even when you're tired. It's doing it even when you're moody. When everything, everyone's getting on your nerves. Uh, when everybody else is not cooperating, we still do what God asks us to do. Uh, so how do I develop persistence? Uh, in verse 27, it says of Moses, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. And for 40 years, he led the children of Israel around and around in the desert. 40 years uh, is a long time. I've been here 29 years. I've not been here as long as Moses was just going around in the desert. Going around, going around, going around, going around. How do you be, how, how do you keep faith in that seemingly just spinning your wheels sometimes up? It is because he kept his eyes on God. He kept his eyes on Him who was invisible. If he would have just looked at his circumstances, he would have been overwhelmed. He might have given up a long time ago. Some of you here today are maybe on the verge of quitting. You're about ready to give up on a marriage. You're about ready to give up on a friendship. Some of you are about ready to give up on endeavors that you are, are have started out on. Some of you maybe are even ready to give up on the call of God, that God has spoken some things into your heart, and maybe it hasn't happened the way you want, and so you say, well, that was just wishful thinking. The challenge here this morning is to keep your eyes on God. If you look at the world, you're going to be distressed. If you look at yourself, you're going to be depressed. But if you look at God, God will give you rest. It's all on what you have your eyes on. What keeps your focus up? The fifth thing that we want to look at, faith is thanking God before I receive it. A good example of this is in verse 30. It's of Joshua. And he was leading the children of Israel into the promised land after Moses passed away. And it said, By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Uh, Jericho was a heavily fortified city, impenetrable in that day and time. And here were a bunch of ragtag slaves. uh, And what chance did they have to overtake this impenetrable city? But... They were people of God and God gave them instructions and He said, I want you to march around this city for seven days. Uh, first in silence and then praising and thanking God in, in, in worship. And on the seventh day they gave a big shout that God commanded them to give and the walls came down. And they had been thanking God. They had walked around in faith believing God uh, that God was going to do what He said. And so thanking God in advance delivered this city into their hands and the walls came tumbling down. Faith is not believing that God can do something. 
Sometimes we say, okay, you got to have faith that God can do this. But that's not really faith because God can do it whether you believe He can or not. God is God. Okay? And so just saying, I, I believe God can do something is not really faith. Uh, His ability isn't dependent upon you and I thinking that He can do it as if if we have enough positive energy, then God's going to have to do something. It's not even just believing He can do it. Faith, if you just believe that that God can do it, that just is kind of like hope. Yeah, I hope that that will happen. But what is faith? Faith is believing that right now God is doing something. Not that He can do it tomorrow or that He can do it if the things work together, but that right now God is doing something. Even though I can't see it, even though I don't understand what's happening behind the scenes, uh, the answer is already on the way. When the children of Israel were watching, walking around that city, they were believing that God is doing something. I don't know what this walking around accomplishes, but whatever God demanded, that somehow out of that, He was already at work. Uh, In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Uh, Faith is thanking God in advance. If I were to say to you, I want you to come up here after service, And I have something for you. And I give you a check for $5,000. How many of you would thank me? Those are the only ones that are getting it then. The rest of you don't get it. You would thank me on the spot. A check for $5,000? Is that piece of paper worth anything? It's just a piece of paper. What's, what, what is it that would make you thank me for it? It is faith that I had that much in the bank and that my signature was on it. Okay? Let me ask you this. Do you believe God's signature? Many times we only thank Him after He does it. We'll pray and pray. And, and, and then after He... We, okay, yeah, I need to go thank Him. Many times we don't even thank Him. But God says... Thank me before I even do it because I'm already at work accomplishing that. If you want to wait until after prayer and thank God for it, that's not faith. That's just gratitude. And gratitude is important. But it's not really an act of faith to thank God afterwards. Faith is thanking Him even before we see it happening in our lives. God wants us to ask Him. And yes, keep on asking Him, but He wants us to begin thanking Him even before it happens. Uh, To keep thanking and keep praising. And in His timing, God brings the answer. That kind of faith is like when God tells you to go after Moby Dick in in a rowboat that you take tartar sauce. Okay, that's the kind of faith that God wants us to have. And then finally, faith is trusting even if I don't get it. Sometimes we try to make God out like a big vending machine. God is not a vending machine. 
Vending machines sometimes give us things that aren't good for us. In fact, most vending machines probably give you stuff that aren't good for you. Some of them will give you stuff that will even kill you. God will never give us something that's bad for us. Does a parent give a child everything that he asks for? If they do, they're going to have problems. Sometimes we have to say no. And, and if we are, if God is, we know as parents, if, if, if we are loving to our kids, there are limits and boundaries that we may put upon their request. Uh, And God's not going to give us everything that He, that we ask for. God said, I will meet all of your needs. He didn't say, I'll meet all your greeds. Alright? And sometimes we have to distinguish between the two. As I said, God is not a vending machine that we put a prayer in and then everything we want comes out. I know there are some people within the Christian community that kind of teach that whatever you ask for, God has to give you because you have faith and therefore it's yours. Just take it and God wants to give you everything that you could ever want. Some of us sometimes... We have that kind of attitude. And so if I have a problem, then it's God isn't doing. If I have some kind of need I'm struggling with, then God isn't being faithful. And we have this idea that if God doesn't say yes, then it's God not working for me. Let me tell you this. God is much more interested in your character than He is your comfort. Think about that. God is much more interested in your character than He is in your comfort. He's much more interested that you be holy than that you be happy by our definition of what happiness is. He knows that holiness, holy living, is the only way to genuine happiness. The Bible says that faith is trusting God sometimes when we don't get it. You know, God hears every prayer we pray. And in fact, God answers every prayer that is prayed. Sometimes He says yes. And sometimes He says says no. Have you ever told your kid that? No is an answer. You know, because they just keep going, keep going, keep going. If we ask enough, then God, you know, we as parents will change our mind. But no is an answer. And sometimes God says not yet. And sometimes God says, you know what, I have a better idea. I have something completely different than what you are asking for that will meet the need of your heart. All of those answers are valid answers and faith is trusting God even when I don't get the answer that I expected or the answer that I wanted. Verse 39, the writer said this, These were all commended for their faith, yet not yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better. Let me just say this. Living by faith does not exempt us from problems. Okay? Living by faith does not exempt us from problems. Sometimes we pray for God to remove a a problem and instead He keeps the problem uh, and gives me instead the strength uh, to get through the problem. The strength to reveal Christ in the midst of that problem. If God took all the problems out of our life, you know what we would be? We'd be spoiled brats. 
That's, that's what we would be. We'd be spoiled brats. Uh, we'd be weak. Uh, but if we want character, if we want that maturity, then it comes out of God putting us through things that He gives us the strength uh, to accomplish. Uh, anyone can trust God when things are going great. Anybody can give when we have extra money lying around. Any kind, anyone can persist uh, if the goal line is only an inch away. Uh, but real faith is built in the valleys of life. Sometimes it's trusting God when I don't get what I want. I read a story of a man, his name was Al, and for years he had dreamed of going to Russia on a mission trip. That was one of the bucket list things. I want to go to Russia he felt compassion for the people of Russia and, and, and he wanted to take and go on a mission trip, take the gospel, be a participant in taking the gospel to those people. But in the midst of his dream, he was struck with cancer. And because of his cancer, he was not able to, to make that trip. And so instead of just saying, God, why did you do this to me? He instead started a, a, a ministry that he just called the recycling ministry. And they recycled all kind of things. And he took all the money that he made from that and bought Bibles to send to Russia. And before he died, he had sent 300,000 Bibles to Russia. Did God answer his prayer? Not the way he thought it would be best, but God gave something better probably more impact than his trip to Russia could ever have done, God used him to get the Word into at least 300,000 households. Let me ask you a question. Which of these aspects do you need to work on? Do you need to work on believing when you don't see it? Obeying when you don't understand it? Giving when you don't have it. Persisting when you don't feel like it. Thanking God before you even receive it. Or trusting Him when it doesn't come through the way you thought it would. I'm sure that each of us can find some place there where we say, God, give me more faith. Help my faith to be deeper. Help my faith to work in this context. How does God build our faith? Two things. First, the Word says faith comes from hearing the Word of God. Faith is built even in times like this where we're hearing the Word of God and we're trying to understand how that Word affects my life. It's getting up in the morning or at the end of the day and spending some time in the Word. It's getting into a small group and interacting around the ideas and the, the principles that God's Word, God's words challenge us in. The other way that God builds faith is through trials and testings. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says these trials are only to test your faith. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. It will bring you much praise and honor on the day of His return. God uses difficulties to test your faith. How many have ever had difficulties in your life? A few of you? God allows them to test our faith 
to see how are we going to react to this? What are we going to depend on? How are we go- what are we going to turn to? God will challenge us financially sometimes to test our faith. God will use delays to test our faith. And some of you are going through maybe some tough times right now. Maybe even this morning you're thinking, I'm ready to give up. I say, have faith. Hang in there. God will make a way if you will trust Him. God wants to make you into a man, into a woman, that will please Him. Faith is one thing that is necessary if you're going to please Him. How many want to please God? We all said, yeah, we want to please Him. You must have faith. So then you have to ask yourself, okay, what does that mean? What is my faith like? Is my faith pleasing to God? Shall we stand? Almighty God, we thank You for the blessing of this day. And Lord, I thank You that You don't just say, hey, you got to have faith if you want to please Me, but that You work in our lives helping us to develop that faith that pleases You. Lord, I'm sure that we're going to run into things this week that's going to test our faith. Some of us are maybe neck deep in it right now. Oh God, help us to trust You when the only thing we can do is trust. And oh God, may You get glory out of what happens when we do that. May people see Jesus when we do that. May people have a hunger for the God that helps us through those things that only You can help us through. Oh God, may we be Christ to those who are watching this week. Amen.